Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. This week, we have the amazing Jessica Sophia Bruno. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Hello. It's quite interesting. I introduced you as Jessica, but like I call you Jess. So you're going to be Jess for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining. I wanted to really make sure that we got an episode in because this podcast is all about sharing phenomenal career journeys. And I definitely think that you have one. Um, So for those who are listening, and we're going to tuck into the backstory for sure. But, you know, who are you and like, what does your career look like right now? So I'm Jess. I am a social media coach slash social media marketing consultant coach. I help creatives kind of position themselves on social media in the best way possible for their brand and just help them stay true to their virtual voice without hiding behind like what's trendy or what's popular right now. Mm. Oh, so much in there around sort of <laughs> voice and, and everything into that field. And how long have you been doing this work for? So since March 2020, I've been in events and marketing for 10 years, so since I was 18, but I've only been freelance since since March. Yeah. Wow. And like, depending on when you're listening to this, March 2020 is when the world changed. So that must have been so interesting <laughs> in terms of your career journey. But before we sort of jump into that, and I guess starting off this section of your career, if I describe it that way, it sounds really weird that way. But um, ultimately that section, like give us the backstory. So events and marketing for 10 years, what did that look like? So it started in Brighton. So before this, I was I was doing singing. I was in a band and I was a freelance singing teacher, which was fun. Um, but on the side of that, I was working for a quite a popular cinema company, running all of their children events in Brighton. Um, and it ended up I ended up creating this like small cult of mums who would come every single Saturday and bring their friends and bring their children's friends. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute, like. I feel like I'm starting something and I feel like I'm really good at this whole letting people know what's going on. And then I looked more into it and I was like, oh, mm. that, that's something called marketing. <laughs> so I left Brighton and I moved to London with the intent of working uh, for an events company, a small events company or, or a large one where I enjoyed the actual event they were doing and I could market in a way which became popular I just that was just my idea and then I continued to work with the 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 large cinema company for about three or four years again really growing their internal events like extremely profitable um I left and started working for um a company that we ran the the UK's largest uh, like brunch party which was cool when I started with them they were doing every other Saturday um around 200 to 300 guests and by the time I left which was about two years later it was across the nation and we had multiple events running on Saturdays with sometimes a max of up to 600 people coming for this funky brunch which was amazing and what I learned there was how to target pockets of people online who all had an interest in a certain topic and that is it it's amazing to I enjoyed it so much because it was these people coming to this event that I helped run and they all loved the vibe sometimes it doesn't work and Mm. you'll have someone turn up to the event who you've marketed to online they've come and they don't enjoy it and that's when I thought "Mm, I haven't done my job very well because this person who found it organically or through Mm. a paid ad that I did has come and it's not what they expected and that's because it's not their vibe and that's probably I have to go back and look at my ads but that wouldn't happen a lot after working with them for a while, I just, I really, I had in my heart that I wanted to do it freelance. I wanted to work more with creatives, even though it was an indie, indie events company. I thought I really want to help people like me to 
start growing their own brands on, on teaching them this this secret you know it's not a secret it's just it's just marketing mm. but teach them how to do it themselves so I left and I took a smaller role at a pub really close to where I lived and I just did all the in-house <laughs> in-house marketing in-house events and it was fun until I got really sick I have something called Crohn's disease which flares up and down um mm. and it got to a point where I just I couldn't I couldn't work I couldn't I couldn't do it so then this thing called coronavirus happened <laughs> and we all went on furlough and I was still quite ill in the beginning yeah. I think around December people were talking about it December 2019 and I, I was I was on sick pay I was off sick until about and then I was on furlough until about March April but at the same time as this I was growing my own Instagram for fun because I thought why not use my skills um I was taking loads of selfies yeah. doing I was doing the whole you know in the beginning everyone was like getting fit and like working out a lot and joining those like online yeah. memberships <laughs> where there would be a, a, a locked Instagram and you'd all do a class at 12 o'clock in the afternoon that was yeah like, I was that girl and I was like this is me now I just work out but Apart from my 12 o'clock afternoon window, around that, I was still quite ill. But I was, I was having fun by doing these mini workouts and, like, getting myself dressed up. And then one day in March, I got an email from my then boss, who had me on furlough, who had secretly asked me to do some work, even though it was against the law at the time. Mm. He messaged me and said, Jessica, without prejudice, you don't look that ill to me, so I don't understand why you're not working. And I was like, oh right well bye wow <laughs> so I quit and then I, I threw myself into doing this whole marketing thing for real I'm not just gonna do it for myself I'm gonna do what I said I'd do a few years ago and I'm gonna start helping people because if they need help the time is now and so between then and now I've learned how to make money from it and I've worked with some really really cool people all through Instagram just I haven't got a website yet it is coming but I've done it all through Instagram by networking and I credit that all to learning taking 10 years to hone the craft of marketing okay wow a bit long. there's so much so in sorry. that <laughs> no definitely not long you took us along for the ride and I love the fact that your entrepreneurial journey was essentially something that had always been on the cards for you but it's almost like the stars aligned in a very interesting way slash with an interesting boss um and then it was just it was fun right it was fun and like before we go into that I kind of want to pause for a bit because you are I'd probably say the third person that I have as a friend who has shaped or had moments that have shaped their career around your for want of a better term invisible illness and you've had those moments where you've met somebody who's just completely didn't get it and said screw you I'm going to build my career around me this is this is a part of me this is my life and I just want to know like how was how was that moment for you I guess even just like having that conversation with him saying that to you it took 10 years as well to get to this moment because I have been a workaholic all of my life. Um, I've had many instances when I've been extremely sick and an employee, sorry, someone in my employment or a boss or a superior has confronted me with, but you don't look that sick, whether in that, in those terms or not, but I couldn't really see it because I was like, yeah, I actually don't, <laughs> you know? Um, mm -hmm. But it, it took 10 years for me to get the confidence to, but it also took, actually educating myself in my craft for him to say turn around and say without prejudice it was just kind of like the nail in the coffin and I thought actually I am really mm. sick I'm not getting any better stress is a huge factor in my life I can't it will be crippling for me to get another job and have to call in sick because that's just going to be me it's just my yeah. life from now on so I I'm going to call in sick to anyone it's going to be myself and I'm just going to have to use all the skills that I have and create create this life which I'm doing it's really hard <laughs> it's really really hard I mm. don't ever quit if you've got an invisible illness and you are sick lean on the support that's there lean on in the UK we've got statutory sick pay and we've got we've got some communities out there that can fund you 
but you know if you really want to make change and you really if, and if you really you know I, I can't imagine I can't imagine not doing what I'm doing so I'm just making it work mm. yeah and I love that I love <laughs> the way you said that where it's just like I've just I'm just gonna go for it and like I'm gonna make it work for me I just can't I don't want to if I'm gonna call in sick to someone I'm gonna call in sick to myself because I think that that is is so huge and I totally identify with the whole being a workaholic Mm. I find that that comes up so much like for me um the part that people don't see is my experience of anxiety and with Mm. depression every once in a while that just pops in it's sprinkled on top um every once in a while but people go you look like a happy person you look like a busy person you look like and it's almost like what what are these things meant to look like? And I think that's part of the problem that we end up in where people associate disability or illness with a particular look. Um, And I think that that is something that it has to go away. It's there because of ignorance. It's there because we're not aware of different illnesses and how they manifest and how they affect people. So then it puts so much pressure on the person in that seat to have to like give Crohn's disease 101 to random people which usually ends up off the back of a defensive conversation as opposed to an open forum and I think that's the huge opportunity that's missed by a lot of traditional organizations to educate people I think they're doing it a lot more around mental health because we all got plunged into a pandemic but there's so much more work to be done even when it comes to illnesses that are around fertility periods period poverty like everything there I think there's just so much more education that needs to take place so that these don't become hindrances to careers it shouldn't be but it totally is I was really high up in the events world and I had to take off like about a month because I couldn't stop pooing (laughs) Mm. and I couldn't turn up at these events and I was like I had to really look back on my career and be like how could how could my make this job work for me and even when I go through it all there is no way that that in in that certain role it could have worked because I could have just done the marketing for it but this role was both Mm. marketing and you have to be at the event it's also really good for you to go to the event and see how it's running I wouldn't have known Mm. like five percent ten percent of people that came that I'd mismarketed it to you know you physically have to be there yeah or maybe you don't I am a workaholic and I don't trust I don't trust other people very easily so I wouldn't have trusted it's about quality as well it's just like yeah (laughs) me says to do the job where I need to be there on the day it's like being a wedding coordinator and being like so I won't be there on the day coordinating your wedding day and it's like excuse me what am I paying you for then definitely not that was definitely one of my past lives events planning and I did get into a few wedding plans but because I was it was in the past life on a graduate scheme so I could quite easily be the duty manager for their wedding and I enjoyed doing that because it's also your reward to a certain extent it's like all of these emails have turned into like humans manifesting in the building um but yeah it's yeah so much work to be done around that and I'm so um I guess it's so refreshing to hear you kind of grow into that ownership of it mm-hmm. and just say, right, this is what it's, this is what it's going to be. I'm going to be my own boss. So I can sort of manage things. Um, and I guess that kind of also brings me back in terms of your career journey, kicking it off at the beginning of a pandemic. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, I was lucky for the field that I'd chosen because everyone and their mum was trying to grow on Instagram. (laughs) It just felt like everyone was trying to make it on TikTok and sometimes without, without wanting anything apart from those metrics, apart from those loads of likes, just to give them a little bit of an ego boost. So... I had loads of people reaching out to me. I got tons. Of, yeah. I, in the beginning, I was doing stuff for free because of the power of testimonial. And I had tons yeah. of my friends being, I was offering these free Instagram makeovers where I'd do it basically an audit, but I called it a makeover. And then I got loads of testimonials from that. And then the work came in. Mm. So honestly, I was lucky in the beginning. The pandemic helped me because I'm in digital. But... Mm. It was also really hard getting money from work because no one, everyone's being quite, they were keeping it quite 
close to their chest. And so I, was, I wasn't charging much for my work in the beginning. Also, because I had, I was, again, I had some furlough saved. Thank God. So I, mm. could, I could get away with not charging. I'd, I was also, I had to move out of where I was renting because the kitchen ceiling fell down. <laughs> so I moved back in with my mum. <sighs> I moved in with my mum and my grandma and I, I didn't have much outgoings. And so I think I was in a really lucky position. I was really ill. There's loads of stuff going on. But mm. it was easy to get into it. It wasn't easy to make money it took graft it took hustle it took hard work for me to start getting a paycheck that's very similar if not exceeding the amount I'd, I'd received when I was employed yeah and I think it's so I think it's so interesting to point that out because you mentioned it before you know marketing um people almost see it like this sort of black box of like magical stuff. Like you do magical things. That's why people show up to your events. You do magical Mm. things. That's why people sign up on your pages or whatever. Um, And I think people can almost feel like setting up a business is also a magical process Mm. where all you need to do is focus on like having a shiny whatever online. Like I think a lot of people took for granted that moving their business to a digital space or launching a digital business is about having like the shiniest Instagram page, the end and not realizing that you need to actually have a service that people want you need to figure out who you want to serve you need to figure out how long you can go before earning x amount and actually then deciding what x amount actually is like how much are your bills (laughs) like what are your actual overheads like what runway do you have like it's not a black box there's there's a lot of sort of steps in between um and there's also different ways of doing it I find even for me and my work as as a career coach, but also running my programs on side hustles, a lot of people are just like, I don't have enough money to start or I don't, I don't know. There's just a lot of perspectives about what it takes and a lot of them are untrue. And I find it's either I need to, the expectation is that you need to have tons of money to launch. And again, I'm talking in the context of a side hustle. So you're telling me you have a full-time job or you have a gig, like a freelance baseline thing that pays the bills or that you don't need any money (laughs) and you don't need any sort of substantial thing you can just show up people like you and they'll give you money um and I think it's so 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 interesting um and I think also relying on the fact that you knew that you can get results so that must have been something that I guess was a, a bow in your arrow arrow in your bow whatever the phrase is but when you were you know kind of doing those audits it's yeah. like I, I know how this thing works I know I'm gonna get you yeah. you want likes we can get you those that's absolutely <laughs> fine and that's when it that's when it works so I was comfortable in the fact that I could make you appear more professional or expert or insert whatever you want to appear more as online Mm. I can definitely do that for you where I've come into a little bit of a hurdle I think is where people come to me because their business isn't making any money and so they want to grow their social media so they can make money and I say well if you're not making any money maybe it's not your social media presence because if sometimes I look at it like you know what you're doing everything right don't come to me thinking I can transform your bank I can't I can just, I can put you in front of these people. <laughs> I can, I can guide you to these, these niches and these pockets of people where you should need to go. But I've had recently, I had a, a client move away from me because I, it could have been mm. my my issue. It could have been my wording, but she wasn't ma- she wasn't making any money yet. And I said, but we you know we're, I'm doing mm. that. I said I would do. So before you, before you start growing, before you want to get all these likes, before you want to start, you know, position yourself as the expert online and you've already got this product, you need to look at the product or look at your business model and say, okay, maybe I need to look at how I'm, how I'm pitching this or how I'm serving these people. Is it something they actually need or want? Because if it's not, you've got to refresh that mm. and then I would start growing your account. Because I've, like, you don't need tons of followers to start making money. You don't need tons of likes to start making money. Most people that I, well, most people that I work with have under five thousand people, five thousand followers, and they're doing it just. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely bursting all the myths here because that's totally something that I've seen. Um, 
in a lot of the uh, sort of membership groups that I'm in, um, and full disclosure, that's how Jess and I actually met through yeah. a membership club called Fandom Flourish. And we met during the pandemic. So we are pandemic buddies. Um, mm-hmm. So we haven't actually, like, haven't had the great pleasure of giving Jess a hug in person. It will happen at some point in life. Um, but, you know, in those groups, a lot of the conversation, especially as platforms like Instagram evolve to include things like reels and to change the rules around stories and lives you know they give people more features and more tools to obsess over when it comes to engagement and uh, actually just this morning I went into one of the groups I'm part of and they were just like hi guys I everyone keeps telling me that I need to be on social media but I actually stepped away from social media for a whole month and still got clients anyone else running a non-social media business model and the comments just it just popped off partly with people being like the thought of social media makes me start to itch um and the other part being like marketing is more than just an instagram feed slash strategy um and i think that's something that i know for sure I've worked with you before I worked with um, another sort of marketing mentor and everybody that I know who is in this field and has a marketing background is the first person to tell you that it's just one facet of it but the marketing is built on your product or your service Mm -hmm. you want me to market you or you want to market yourself what are you marketing you want followers and they follow you what happens next it's kind of like the and so what like what next I'm subscribed what next I watched your live what next and I think that's a huge thing that a lot of people forget that they should focus on because you can like I've been doing Facebook ads I'd probably say for the past six months you have to hook that thing up to something (laughs) yeah so what is the something that you're hooking that thing up to (laughs) and I think it's so 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 important a lot of people kind of feel like the Instagram is is the cake when really it's the cherry on top of the cake yeah it's a stalk on the cherry on the top of the cake <laughs> yeah. what are some of the other sort of myths I guess you come up against when people want to get their social media going the aesthetic is a really big for some people is really big for some people they re- they want to have a look or they they're really focused on the photos on their grid to to have this kind of polished clean I'm perfect look and that's just mm. very 2016. <laughs> as long as it has, as long as it has purpose, as long as it's going there for a reason, it's fine. You don't need to have the checkerboard aesthetic. You don't need to worry that you've just posted a selfie, so you're scared you can't post another selfie. Whatever it is, whatever you do, as long as you, as long as you're posting with purpose, and you're posting. If you're not an influencer, you're posting for your target audience they're going to eat it up you are the person that looks at your grid the most you're the person who looks at your 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 own profile on facebook instagram wherever the most everyone else usually just sees you in the feed and they'll like it and comment and move Mm. along really quickly you're the one that's staring at your grid the grid's important for new followers and new people coming in um it kind of just solidifies that you are like who you say you are but you don't you don't have to prove that with pretty pretty pictures you don't <laughs> so we don't need pretty pictures you need to actually have something to sell that works and makes sense um yeah. yeah so important so 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 important to just like burst a lot of these myths and i guess going to your own career journey in terms of like what you do like what's your I guess what's your favorite part of your career right now what are you really enjoying about how it is working I'm a workaholic so I always go back to the actual work not the free time the free time is great and I'm loving (laughs) the time off and that's lovely but it's it's doing what I do best with clients who are so receptive to it receptive is that a word receptive Receptive? Receptive. Receptive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Doing what I do with clients that are so receptive to it and seeing their results and knowing that they don't care if they've got some of the vanity metrics. They don't 
they're, they're less caring about the vanity metrics, more caring about who's coming in and how they're converting. That's everything I mm. preach from the beginning. And I even say it, in the, I love doing talks. I love doing talks for other companies and other brands. And the first slide or one of the first beginning slides is like, social media is just the tiniest sliver of your marketing pie, but it's really important, but it's like the tiniest sliver. And when you're doing it, when you're on social media, don't do it as if you're looking in this mirror. Do it as you're looking through a window to your audience. And when my one-to-one clients mm. get that, it's like this huge penny drop moment for them. They always come to me with this. They always come to me with kind of the same problems, which means I'm, I'm doing what I should be doing. <laughs> I'm getting the right people in at the right point. And when that penny drops and when they start when they start letting go of the ego and they start posting stuff that's making a difference and making their audience feel something or purchase something or even just grow more of their target audience, that's when they, that's when they're boosted. It's not by, it's not by the engagement network net metrics per se, but it is by them changing their mindset with social media. And I also preach them 20 minutes a day, please no more than that. Spend the rest of your time Mm. on your on your business on your concept on working with clients I don't need to spend any more than 20 minutes per day on social media because spend spend the hour bulking batch but I love telling clients to bulk bulk batch their content as well it saves them so much time Mm. and that way their real focus time is on the content they're creating and their business model as a whole and that's when things start changing when you start posting when they when they stop posting just for likes and start posting for their audience things change it, it takes so long though it takes so long but it's important mm. when that changes that's that's the thing I that's the thing that's like sparks the most joy about my work currently I love that bit it's my favorite and then we like get into the real stuff we get into like the real business stuff but that doesn't work until the penny drops unfortunately hundred percent it's a growth process I think Instagram and other profiles should come with a warning if you're using them for your business it requires focus and confidence like you have to know where it sits in terms of your entire business as a whole so you don't over inflate it you don't spend three hours on it you don't feel like you should be on it all the absolute time for things to work in your business um and you know it's something that people have said for years if instagram you don't own that platform Mm -hmm. so think about that a lot when you decide to put every single egg into that um you know 100 percent use it as a tool and you know we can say that about all of the platforms we run our businesses on to be fair if squarespace decided to disappear wouldn't be the end of the world but i'd be pretty stressed um (laughs) you know and things like that but it just gives you that perspective but also have the confidence in your source have your confidence in who you're talking to have the confidence in what you have to say and I think you probably get to see that quite up close where it's just like now you're talking like now now you're doing the real work like yes that converted yeah I can see why I read it and it sounded like you you went straight to the heart of the problem you solve you really connected you started a conversation like it's almost like you're kind of growing (laughs) growing people in their um in that aspect I guess of their marketing strategy so it's so important and then the flip side what's the and I don't like to say the part that you don't like because I feel like the things that we don't like are often sort of lessons in in a veil but like what are you finding challenging about your career at the moment people associate marketers as graphic designers that's fine because it's going to happen quite a lot but I can't I'm not a graphic designer I think I can't go and I can't I I can advise you on your branding I am pretty good at Canva but I, (laughs) I like I'm not let's bring on someone to the team because mm. and some people some clients will come in or some leads will come in one just recently there was an email that went out asking for a social media marketer um wanting to grow the account engagement la 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 and i emailed them back saying great i'm interested it's five hours a week it's perfect a little bit it's like a side hustle money fantastic and they said have you got any examples of your graphic design <laughs> <laughs> Mm. oh sorry I didn't realize this was a, a graphic designer j- job but my my bad 
role, yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that, that's an annoying thing. The other annoying thing is the amount of screen time that I have is pretty unhealthy. Mm. And it's not it's not on social media it is just on creating content and do I I I often do marketing courses myself or often jump in and pay to do extra courses because I suffer terribly with imposter syndrome so I'd say like once a month I'll Mm. invest in like um a course that takes a lot of my time just so I can be up to date with all the latest stuff but again I'm learning through the screen I read books but on my iPad because my dyslexia is like mm. not great, so I, I like the yellow. Um, yeah, my, my screen time is up, my headaches go up. My being, even if there wasn't a pandemic, I'm not sure how I would get more outside time because I'm very Monday to Friday. I'm on that screen, and then I'm knackered. Yeah, it'd be better if I because I've got I've got office space in in town, and that's nice to go to, but. I don't know. It's still be going to, on a screen from a train to a screen. It's that's that's hard. That's really hard, and I don't know how to change it just yet. Going for walks, doing exercise, yeah. But when you've got an autoimmune disease, sometimes mm. that's really hard. Yeah. Another thing is on on Zoom. Zoom is very very popular right now with with everybody, and unfortunately because of my little illness, sometimes I have to pause, like run to the toilet and come back. That's yeah. a bit embarrassing and a bit annoying. But yeah, those are three things that I, I don't think I can change or I haven't found a way to change it just yet. It's hard. That's what I'm trying Yeah. To. I feel like it's such a huge thing. Um, just going back to even the first thing, that's a challenge in terms of finding people that... Um, a lot of people are looking for sort of one size... Swiss army life people. That's essentially what people, I find it a lot in terms of design space, copy space, social media, marketing. And I think that's so tough because I, I myself started off as a Swiss army knife coach that does everything for everybody. And that doesn't work. Like it, it literally, it just doesn't work in terms of running a business or even like, even if you're listening to this right now and you think it works because you're making money from it. I want you to sit down and create a marketing strategy and you tell me how you're going to talk to all four of those personas or people that you're marketing to. And when I say personas or people, I'm not talking about four different products. If you decide you want to have 25 different packages, 16 different courses, that's fine. I'm talking about the person you solve the problem for. How do you communicate and reach out to that person strategically? How do you find the time to? How do you find the energy to? And how does that not feel like a lot of work for you? Um, and that's so, so huge. I've seen that so much in your in your space. Um, and I think there's even been, I think even when I approached you, I was just like, do you do the whole thing? And you said no. And I was just like, great, because I actually know somebody who is um, a creative VA. So she'd actually love nothing more than not doing the words and talking to me about colour palette and feel and aesthetic. And it's like, it's allowing people to be the specialists that they are. And especially when you're working with a small business or you're working with an entrepreneur, they can do a lot of stuff. Don't ever get twisted. A lot of people who are entrepreneurs have come from a background of the traditional day job when you are the Swiss army knife of thing. You are marketing associate. So that means you do copy, you do events, you do ads, you do, you know, we're used to that. But the beauty of working with a specialist is that they are a specialist mm-hmm. and they they have a level of excellence in terms of what they do and how they do it and in order to maintain that they have to just focus on that because even like going to your point of you know keeping up with your personal development keeping up with all the changes to the platforms the trends the algorithms Mm. (laughs) um you know you even do a lot of experiments which I love you know when I first connected with Jess like she's got one of the most edutainational Instagram profiles <laughs> it's about okay it's educating you it's informing you it's entertaining it's entertaining you people that's what I mean by that but you know you even run experiments so that you can come yeah. back and like 
tell us the tea and let us know if you're this type of business this type of feature might actually work for you I've seen it amongst my clients tried it out for myself this is how long it takes to make a reel all of that stuff so if you were doing that as well as keeping up on the designed trend and uh, the aesthetic trends and canvas templates and all the Adobe suites that wow it's a recipe for disaster for you as a human being and you don't need to do it collaboration is so 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 important and I think for anybody who thinks they're looking for a Swiss army knife maybe what you're looking for is a VA or an ops manager they yeah. are intentionally Swiss yeah. Army Knife people. But yeah. for everything else, find a specialist. And specialists work with other specialists. Like, yeah. legit, I guarantee you, if you were to message yesterday and say, I want to work with you, um, but I also need the design stuff, she'd be like, hey, here's a few people that you can check out that will help you around the aesthetic and the design. Um, yeah. It's so... Um, I think for me, when I realised niching down, which people talk about a lot, that's what that actually means. That's what that yeah. gives you back. It gives you back time. It gives you a sense of focus. It gives you a sense of strategy and it gives you a sense of expertise that you're always growing. Like mm. if I'm doing personal development for me in my business as a career coach, at the moment I'm doing another coaching training. Yeah. The other thing that I'm doing is working on my own mindset in terms mm. of money, in terms of marketing techniques and stuff. And I do that through a membership. Those are my two key ways of personally developing right now. I inhale podcasts, I inhale the books and stuff. But in terms of when I sat down and I said, where do I need to keep sharpening my skills? It is as a coach and as a business owner. Oh, yeah. hit the mic. Got all the costume passionate <laughs> there. Do you know what I mean? But it's like that. And for you, yeah. it's like, it's in the platforms that I work in day and day and it's in the techniques. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so, so important. I think that the same thing can be said for the, those of you that are listening that are in full-time roles. You can be a Swiss Army knife, but like carve out the thing that you're excellent at. You know, if there's five of you, I work by day as a customer success manager. Across the company, there's about 15 of us, 15 to 20. Mm. Rough numbers there. We all have the same job title. Uh, we all work with the same product. What makes us different is I'm the one that loves, I can whip up a webinar in five seconds. I can lead a training in five seconds. Now, there are a few others who have that as a strength. There are others who are amazing at making complex terms really simple. There are others that are really process orientated, right? We've each got our thing that is our thing that we do excellently and we bring to the table to ultimately make the team successful and the company successful. So it benefits everyone for you to know what you do and what you don't do. And it makes it easier for people to know whether you're for them or not. Yeah. It's so it also uh, takes away the imposter syndrome. If mm. and I I was a yes man for so long because I was so excited if anybody offered me money for anything and I'd offer them the, the whole world because I, I just because I can do it doesn't mm. mean I should do it. I have not got 10 years experience on Canva or in design. <laughs> I can do it, but it's not going to be at the same level as my copy, as my strategizing, as my marketing campaigns. And so I'll give it mm. to you, but I will feel maybe not in that moment, but that week I'll feel this kind of like imposter little monster growing on me because I'm like, oh, I wasn't like the best. It doesn't, it's not up to par. And so I just stopped and it's given yeah. me all this space. It's given me all this space to be really good at my craft. And sometimes it's hard to say no when the jobs come in and they're looking for something, mm. but then it opens the door to collaborate or it opens the door for you to open another door for a colleague or for someone in your field. And you're just strengthening that network. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, for those of you that are listening, imposter syndrome is often described as just you feeling like you're going to get found out. But ultimately, there's so many different versions of imposter syndrome. And there are ways that we invite it in. Imposter syndrome is what is happening the minute that you feel underqualified or unqualified for what you've been called to do or mm. what is in front of you. A lot of the times it can hit us quite viscerally. For me, I feel it in my body where I'm like, I want to cancel and give you back all your money because I'm not sure <laughs> that I am the right person. Did you get lost? Did you really mean to email? Did you really mean to book me? That sort of thing. So anytime those thoughts are coming through, the imposter can be at play. And it's almost like a, a voice in your head that tells you, ah, not sure not sure yeah. um 
And there's so many ways that we invite the imposter syndrome into our careers by setting ourselves up in a way that means that we are outside of our strengths all of the time. We are out of our depth all of the time. There's something to be said around pushing yourself past your comfort zone and stretching yourself, right? We all know when we've taken on that stretch client or it's the first time you've run that program or it's the first time, you know, heck, even in a job, you can get promoted into a position and get hit with imposter syndrome. Up until that point, you were just like, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. Do you know what I mean? You interview for the role internally or externally and you're just like, I've got it. This is how I know I can do it. Day one, you sit down and you go, oh crap, I've made a mistake. They told me that they need this in the next quarter and they said, how do I do the little up? And there's a difference. And it's so important to know the difference between what is a stretch and what is setting yourself up to hear this imposter, imposter, imposter day in and day out. And it's so important not to do that in your career because what it will do is start to sabotage and eat away at your confidence. I I use the example of, um, actually I go all the way back to like school, studying GCSE, right? Failed physics. Was crap at maths. And I thought it was crap Mm -hmm. at maths to be fair. I just just didn't belong in the higher set. That was literally what it was. But ultimately I created this thing where when I first realized I wasn't good at a certain thing or found it more difficult, I would then say this entire Saturday, I'm just going to do maths and physics. Crap, crap day. Okay. Depressing day. Didn't look forward to it. It was exhausting. It was emotionally draining. Nobody likes to spend eight hours of their day feeling like it's an uphill battle feeling like they're not prepared, feeling like there's just so much to learn. You have to give yourself that cherry, right? So if we extrapolate that to the working week, if you are in a position where you work five days a week and three days a week, you're working with clients out of your depth, out of your comfort zone, out of your zone of genius, which is something that Jess and I have spoken about and all of that stuff, please go and check out the IG live saved to her feed. I think that's where we put Um, But if you spend, if you've designed a career where you spend most of your time outside of that, you're going to have a problem. You are inviting problems. I want you to stretch. I don't want you to be completely stretched all the time. We are not stretch Armstrong. I'm now showing my age, but you get what I mean. Like we're not designed to do that. It doesn't serve anybody really well. And you're not going to show up as the best you because you're preoccupied with, oh my gosh, I, I just need to do like, I just need to do more study. I need to do another course, right? I need to get another qualification because I don't believe that you meant to book me. I don't believe that you meant Mm -hmm. to give me this job. I don't believe that I have what it takes in this moment. Um, And if you genuinely believe that you don't have what it takes, then that's a, that's a constructive thing. That's something that you can take out of that emotional space, which makes you feel like you're low in confidence and turn that into a goal, a goal for personal development, a challenge that I want to just work through. But we all know the difference. Like literally you will feel it in your body when you set yourself up for that or when it is just, a genuine imposter syndrome that will pop up from time to time in different ways. hundred percent, hundred percent. It makes you feel, I remember in one of my jobs when I was so many years ago when I was interviewing, it was a marketing role and I hadn't, I hadn't yet done Facebook ads. I hadn't, Mm. I just hadn't done it yet. It hadn't popped up. And they said, well, how, how are you in Facebook ads? And I said, well, you know, I know of them, but I'm sure I could learn. And it Mm. was, they, they hired me. And after about a year, I was, I hate them. I was like, I can't do them. I hate them. I could do them, but they would take me so long. And I would all, I don't know if you, 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 you're doing Facebook ads, but whole is like, it's not a yeah. nice place to be. There's a lot. I'm an organic queen. I got I love, I, I do everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I know how to do them now, but I said to my boss at the time, I sat them down. I was like, I feel really awful about my job I'm really good at this but but this is this Facebook ad this one section is it's killing my spirit could you supply Mm. us with like a Facebook ads um talk or webinar or something so we can all learn together because it's not just me that's suffering it's it's a few people on the team and they said nah you'll get it (laughs) a few months later I was like I don't get it I'm choosing not to do this anymore um you're welcome to fill that role with something else I know how to I know how to do them now, but I just it wasn't a good it wasn't a good time spender for me, and everything got better. But yeah, I think you where if you are struggling in something, if you're employed or you've got a client that you're 
there's one part of it that you've said yes to, but now you're kind of, it's not really the best utilization of your time. You just have to say something and they're not going to judge you based on mm. that one thing, that one component, because you are an expert in all round. You're really good. But if you just tell them that, it's going to be better for the client or for your boss because then they can start filling it and it might make your job easier because you're going to have to support there if that's an integral part of your of yeah. role or what you're doing for that client. Yeah, that's a, I think that is the most freeing solution to imposter syndrome is Let it bringing go. that vulnerability <laughs> and literally yeah. just putting it out on the table. I'm struggling with this. I'm yeah. not very good at this. I included this in, you know, and sometimes what that looks like when you're working with a client is saying, I've sent over a proposal for our work together. I know you really, really want this in here. It's mm. not my domain. So I'm going to give it a go and touch base with you or it's not my domain. So I've included yeah. a cost because I'm going to get a separate expert to come in and yeah. do that section yeah, for I've you. Always include um, that cost. Don't not include that cost because people do that and then they'll pay so, someone in their fee. Definitely not. Yeah. And then that's, that's an imposter syndrome response is I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to hide it. Right. All of the yeah. different manifestations of imposter syndrome involve you going over and beyond unnecessarily. So whether that's doing yeah. overtime secretly or in mm-hmm. people's faces, like public overtime, whether that is throwing in lots of stuff that should be charged for, for free, yeah. whether that looks like a lot, allotting more time to a thing than it should have. Right. And that can look like the project or that could look like, okay, my package is usually three months, but because I don't feel confident, I'll give you an extra month for free. Or you're meant to send me your fill in my intake survey for us to start our work within two weeks. Um, But because I probably think what you sent me is going to be quite hard or whatever. I'll give you four weeks to send it. Like, you know, we start to, mm-hmm. we start to then uh, stretch things out to make us feel more comf- comfortable. And we feel like it will make us feel more confident. It doesn't. It sets mm-hmm. us up to just keep on doing that and building that into our business. And if we imagine what life would look like if you were employed and you were doing an extra 12 hours of overtime every single week, and if you were self-employed and you were giving every client an extra three hours, not sustainable we don't we just don't have enough time (laughs) to have enough time and it doesn't make (laughs) business sense it doesn't make physical mental health well-being sense any of that stuff so imposter syndrome got to face that thing head on and it's exactly like jess said just literally put your hand up and just be like "Mm, no could we uh could we do something to help us all feel a little bit more confident in this area here could i be upskilled on it and i think that's a huge thing that a lot of people don't realize is um Within your job, there is a duty and a responsibility for your employer to provide you with whatever it is that you need to succeed. For some of that, that's an onboarding. Some of that, that means having a mentor, having a buddy, going on formal courses, going on informal courses, giving you the space to say, I'd like, I find these things challenging. I'd like your support, mentorship, coaching, whatever it is. But you are owed a sense of that. And I would say that if you're working in an employer context, your employer definitely owes you that. They cannot expect to get so much out of you and not put anything in. And it's the same if you're running a business. You have to have that row on your spreadsheet for personal development. Yeah. And whether that looks like therapy, whether that looks like masterclasses, webinars, workshops, memberships to bodies that will give you support and mentoring, whether that looks like... Like whatever that looks like, that has to be a row from the very beginning. Yep. <laughs> and you're responsible for giving that to yourself. So build mm-hmm. that in the price of your stuff. Build that even in your marketing, build that in the growth of your business. If there's something that you're not doing in your business right now that you want to be doing, and the gap between the two is knowledge, or the gap between the two is experience, or the gap between the two is a mindset sort of block, the cost that's part of the cost of you launching that thing yeah you know for me to launch my bespoke ten thousand pound package you know i'm just plucking figures out of the air at this point i will need to work on my own personal money mindset i will need to tidy up my business cool that's the cost of me launching this thing um but yeah imposter syndrome is huge oh so juicy 
So we know <laughs> what you're enjoying about the business right now and what is a yeah. challenge and that screen time was huge. I'd love to just know from you because we're, we're all about the journey here. We're all on a journey. Um, we see your career from the outside, but we want to make sure that we're really getting under the hood. And I just want to hear from you, you know, what's the most recent lesson um, that you've learned in your career in the past few months? To find, I, I've really learned my stress triggers and stress is one of the reasons why I became self-employed because bosses would really stress me <laughs> now and having that that pressure to do something by a certain time for someone that would stress me out, stress me out even more. So it's really listening to myself and going, it's just being okay with the alarm bells that go off in my head and listening to them and addressing them politely, nicely and softly because I know when I'm stressed, for me especially, that leads to a big, big old Crohn's flare and that, that will just shut down my business if I let it get too bad. So mm. it's knowing, okay, you love this client, but for some reason, on some level, they just stress you out so much. <laughs> so you need to either have a conversation with them or let them go so you can open your arms up to someone else that's not going to be so stressing so yeah listening listening and learning to my stress triggers and having a much better work-life balance with myself that's been detrimental in the really recently really recently it's mm-hmm. amazing it's, it's changed it's hard but it's it's a difference between me having a okay-ish week and a really great week feeling really fulfilled just because I know what, what kind yeah. of people stress me out or what kind of working situation will stress me out. So I just got to avoid that at all costs and really listen to your body, whether it makes you go to the toilet 10 times a day because you're so stressed or if it just makes you have that shoulder holding up the tension. It's not good. <laughs> I love that. Shoulder <laughs> holding up the tension. That's very real. I relate to that. That's actually one of my in-body things. If the shoulders are yeah, at really. the ears, mm no ma'am something something is going on need to get those things down Mm -hmm. oh that is such an amazing lesson an amazing just gem of of wisdom because we're always learning life's life is always teaching us our careers are always teaching us something um oh my gosh I'm up to like my final question uh, which is I guess a closing question which is how how can people connect with you follow your journey um and just find out more about what you're up to mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm pretty much an open book I do most of my if you have any questions you can literally just dm me on instagram that's the quickest way to get in touch with me um jessica.sophia with a ph dot bruno I will have a website coming soon so shortly I will be directing all traffic and conversations like this mm-hmm. to my actual website not my social media but right now the best way to connect with me is drop me a message on social media or you can email me and you can find my email on my social media as well amazing thank you so much for this conversation and just spilling all of the tea and all of the gems on the how and the why of your career um so excited to see how it blossoms listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the career clubhouse you can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops check the links in the show notes for more info As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.